Flug Kaiser and Humpy Pumpernutter in the afternoon. West Danderloo's 5,000 watt flamethrower. Flamethrower. KCUF. Remember, Falafel Dog's two locations in West Danderloo are now up until 11 p.m. Falafel Dog, home of the Tahini Weenie. Humpy Pumpernutter here with Flute Kaiser. Flute, how you doing? I'm doing great, Humpy. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So, wait, Flute, didn't you used to work at Falafel Dog back I did. in high school? I did. They, they actually named the Tahini Weenie after me. That's right. Didn't everyone call you Mr. Tahini Weenie for they a while? Did. They did. did. Do, you, do you know why? See, and I just thought it was because you had the tahiniest weenie in town. Tahini does work as a lube, sort of. So how are you doing? I'm doing great. So Ursula writes in, she says, hey, Flute and Humpy, everyone talks about the best guitarists in rock history, but who do you think are the worst, specifically from the 80s? Hmm. Okay, so that's a a pretty good question. It is a good question. you know, I think I could probably throw myself on that list. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, no, I'm right. But see, the thing is, I wasn't a professional guitarist. So I hmm. think we should keep this to the realm of professional guitarists who are well, signed to major labels or in bands signed to major labels. Okay. So since I was actually paid to play, was would that make me a professional? That would make you a professional. Okay. Then I was by far one of the worst. Okay. Well, let's, 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 let's kind of narrow the field to guitarists the people whose contribution to the pantheon of recorded music. Oh, okay. Recorded music. Okay. I got yeah. you. I got you. Let, but, but their, their contribution is not only painful, but forgettable. Got it. Painful and forgettable. Huh. Yeah. So, okay. so you know, there were the the guitar solo mm-hmm. is is basically an endangered species. It is now. You're right. You're it right. has gone the way of acid wash jeans. Thank God for that, though. <laughs> I miss the guitar solo. I miss the guitar solos. I don't miss the acid wash jeans. But you know, the thing is, in the '80s, you got both at the same time, most of the time. Usually, well, if you bought the acid wash jeans, you usually got a thing of hair gel for your hair too, <laughs> or not hair gel, hair spray for your hair. So it's kind of a two for one deal. So you know, I was watching like classic MTV, mm-hmm. like they put on classic MTV now. I know, isn't that sad? It's really sad, and the the saddest part about it is, it's cool when you see a video that you haven't seen in a long time, right? And then there's a lot of really, really bad, 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 bad music videos that they, when you see them with a little bit of perspective, when time has, has passed, and you see them and you realize how fucking terrible they are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, like like a Bullet Boys video came oh, out. Oh, really? You know, for for the like, yeah. But in all fairness, they sucked in the eighties, right? Right. So it, the thing is, it's like you're like, oh my god, I remember this, and you're like, oh my god, I, I uh, this is horrible. You're like, oh, so, I remember this, right? So <laughs> I don't know who the guitarist for the Bullet Boys was. If they the maybe they had two the Bullet Boys, I think right? They, they definitely had two. Right, so oh, I'm I'm glad you remember that. But um, see, the thing is, neither of them were really, you know, anybody uh, you're gonna remember. Uh, well, there was one I remember. Mick Sueda was there at the end of the '80s. What? He was only there for a couple of years. What? You are you a Bullet Boys fanboy? I, you know, I, I yes. Flute Kaiser, <laughs> Bullet Boys fanboy. No, it's actually the reason I know that. Is because the guy that took his place on the on the, one of their albums around, gotta say like nineteen ninety two thousand was Dan Huff. He went in and, and recorded oh. over that guy's stuff. But Dan I, I, Huff, I, yeah, 
Yeah, you know Dan Huff, right? Yeah, Dan Huff, who who was who uh, was in the band Giant, right? That That's was how his I know band. Him. Dan right. and his brother were, had Giant, um, but he we we knew Dan. I lived with his uh, cousin for a while, Bobby. No Huff. shit, yeah, no Bo- shit. Bobby's a big producer in Tennessee now, so shout out to Bobby. But uh, he's a drummer, so I really fucking hate him. Oh, sorry, I can't say that, can I? Oh well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's a drummer, so I really don't give him too much credit. Um, but he took us to the studio when Dan was overdubbing all of McSuede's stuff for the last Bullet Boys album, I think. I think it was the so last So basically, one. they brought him in and they were like, just, just re-record yeah, the other guy's shit. Yeah. The other guy's shit is so bad. Yeah. And we he can't was put there. this out. The guy, Mick Sueda was there. That's how I remember his name. Because Sueda is just a weird name. He was there when Dan Huff was overdubbing all of his parts. That must have been very <laughs> weird. It very was uncomfortable. Awesome. The tension was unbelievable. That is like that is definitely like watching a stranger fuck your girlfriend. Yeah, it really is. It yeah, really and like is. not in a not in a way that like you want it to like. It's not, not like it's in one a thing, it's not, way. Right, right. It's the one thing if that's your thing. Yeah. But that's like walking in and finding somebody fucking your girlfriend. And then, you know, and then you sit down and then you're just standing there in the doorway <laughs> and you don't know what to do. Like, do I kill them? Do I join in? Do I leave? Do yeah. I cry? Which one do I punch first? Right. You know? Yeah. Okay. That's, that's really weird. Yeah. So. It was very strange. But you know what? I, I, the thing is there were, there were a number of really bad metal videos oh god yes. that they played and the, you know it was like uh stuff like crocus mm. and yeah. uh and wasp yeah well yeah wasp had its place wasp had its place and the thing is like there there were bands mm. in the 80s metal bands and i'm we're sticking here to, to metal bands bands okay. with guitar solos Right. Wow. I mean, like okay. there were a lot of guitar solos in the 80s, okay. but really metal bands were the these were the worst offenders. OK. In in guitar masturbation. OK, so we have to stick to the 80s. You know, I'm going to go out on a limb here and I'm going to say Mick Mars. To start Mick off Mars. With. Motley Crue. I'm going to start off with him. Yeah. Uh, did you ever see Motley Crue live? I did see Motley Crue live. They okay. opened up for, God, I can't even remember, Scorpions. They okay. were terrible. I've seen him a couple of times, and I always thought he's not playing that. Oh, you think there's a guy like I, in the back? I don't know if there was playing. a guy backstage or if it was recorded or what the deal was, but I he just wasn't, I don't think he was playing. He had no personality oh, no. in that band. It, you know, you talk about a band of like delinquent personalities <laughs> yeah right i mean there was everyone everyone in that band was just kind of like weird but mick mars was like the creepy dude well you in, know you know he slept in a coffin and right he, he was about 95 in the 80s so yeah i don't know i i, I just don't I, I i never liked him I just never liked him. And I, yeah. I would put him at the top of my list, and I know I'm going to catch crap for that. But as far as bad guitarists, like over, I guess overblown, or people who thought they were better than they were, he's definitely at the top of my list. I, I You know what? I absolutely agree. I mean, he did have some, like, um, the rhythm guitar tones he had mm-hmm. on some of the crew stuff was great. Yes. But I attribute that to the producer. 
Yes. You know, not so much to Mick Mars. I, I think he owes talent. Boss and Roland a lot of money for his tone. <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> He's just scary. He sucked. He did. Okay. Here. All right. I'm going to throw a name out. Okay. Okay. And and uh, just take a moment and think about this. Okay. Vinnie Vincent. Ooh. Okay. Vinnie Vincent. Before, after, or during Kiss. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. Okay. Any Vinnie Vincent. Any Vinnie Vincent? I mean, it, that thin guitar tone <laughs> of Vinnie Vincent. It's like the sound of, of root canal being performed on you. Just as painful. I think he took classes to make a flying V and a Les Paul sound thinner than like a Sears silver tone. <laughs> it, was, it was amazing how he could make a Les Paul sound shitty. It was like he just went over to his, his amplifier and rolled down everything except treble. <laughs> exactly. And then got a graphic EQ and then just pumped up everything like right above 4K, like 4 to like 20K, just like pushed it all up. And his tone is just all like, it's all a razor. <laughs> he was searching for that elusive metal banjo tone. Yeah, it's, is exactly, what it was. <laughs> it's exactly what it was. Uh, he was just scary. Uh, he used to hang out at the Sunset Grill next to Guitar Center on Sunset. Oh, no shit. And he weighed maybe 35 pounds. Right, right. He was a really <laughs> tiny, skinny dude. Was he was he tall or was he was he really he, like... He was like 5'10", 5, 5. He was average size oh, average. probably. Okay, right. But holy God, was he little. He just, he just reeked coke. I mean, like that's all he did. But see that that explains everything because that's like that you get that tone. Yeah. In the eighties, like that's why a lot of those records in the eighties are all like high end because it's like coke hearing. It's like you're, exactly. you've blown out your ears doing so much coke. Yeah. So yep. it, they they used to call them coke mixes. Really. Yeah the the first Billy Squire album. Right. Oh the yeah. The first definitely. Billy Squire album. Right. They had to remix it. They actually had released the album, but they actually they pulled the album. They didn't pull the copies that were out. Mm -hmm. They remixed it because they realized after it had been printed and released, they're like, oh, my God, these mixes sound like shit. It got to the point where they actually had product in the marketplace. Wow. Before someone said these these Coke mixes are really terrible. Wow. That's, yeah. that's scary. I didn't realize that's what they called them. Yeah, Coke mixes. That's probably because I was on Coke at the time. <laughs> so. Okay, here's a here's a fun Vinnie Vincent trivia though. Did you have you heard about the whole uh, gender thing with him? No. Last year he was doing an interview someplace, and I can't remember where. It was one of the Nordic countries, uh, and somebody asked him if he had had a sex change because he looked female. He it's like his his face is different. He had hips. Somebody, and they asked him, and he just kind of avoided the whole thing. Really? Yeah. I'm they're like, find it online, but I mean, that they're was like, just... dude, your cans are huge. <laughs> <laughs> on that skinny well, frame, those huge cans look great, well, but... Uh... <laughs> Once you stop doing coke, you kind of put on the weight. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. No. Yeah. So, all right. Who else we got here? Let's see. Let's see. Uh, all right. Your turn. God. How about the guys from Striper? What was his name? Oh, uh, I have no idea. I think it was Oz Fox. Oh, I think you're right. 
Yeah. I think you're Oz right. Fox was his name. That guy. And there, Striper was, for those of you who are, you know, under 30, uh, they were that Christian. They were a Christian metal Christian band. Christian metal band. That wore black and white stripes, hence the name or black Striper. black and yellow. Black and yellow. Yeah. I'm sorry. Black and yellow stripes for the name Striper. And it was just, that's the reason, you know, you know, Eddie had his guitar. He had the white and black guitar. Then he had the white and, or the black and yellow guitar. The reason he changed that was because <laughs> those guys popped up and their guitars were black and yellow. And he did, he wanted to be like, fuck that. And he, yeah. He was like, yeah. nope, this is not happening. And this he is not the striper guitar. model. Yeah. It's, yeah. That guitar, if you look at the, the progression of Eddie right. guitars, that one is the shortest iteration because he just didn't want to be them. Right, and then he goes to the Frankenstein right. guitar. Right, yeah, which is all the same guitar. It's all the same body, but that—that's yeah, it's a striper. So uh, that guy was man Oz Fox. Yeah, Oz Fox. I remember that name. I can't remember the other guy's name. They were—they were one of those bands that uh, would do the full-on you know, stand on the edge of the stage and like bang their heads together in unison and and the whole thing. And their bass player one time did that and fell off the stage. Nice. Yep. Right on the edge of the stage, all three of them up there banging their heads, rocking back and forth, and the guy just fell off the stage. He's not the first guy to fall off the stage, but I'm glad that he did. I, I, guess, I guess God wanted him to do that. So. It's just God's will. <laughs> it was God's will, definitely. Yeah. Yes. Uh, let's see who else we got. Oh, well, here, you know what? Actually, here's the story. So um, w- one time on a, on just for a very brief moment in time, I was doing live sound for a, for a production company that did touring, a lot of touring stuff. Mm-hmm. My first job with them was we had to drive down from Philly to um, Memphis mm-hmm. to do a gig, and um, with I mean two trucks full of full of PA shit, and and it was it was a horrible gig. But the guy who owned the PA company, I found out later on, was um, an engineer who worked with Christian rock bands. Okay, and I was like, just and the only Christian rock band I had ever even heard of was Striper, <laughs> and I was like, so hey, do you know Striper? And he started to tell me stories about how these guys would bang all kinds of groupies. Just banging groupies. I'm sure they did. Yeah, they, they would just, you know, they would do drugs and bang groupies, according to this guy. Well, I mean, why wouldn't you? You know, Christian <laughs> so, girls need love, too. That's right. They do. But I wonder if they use condoms. That's a good question. I wonder how many little Oz Foxes are out there. <laughs> If you think your father is Oz Fox from the band Striper, you call us on the KCUF hotline. Get in touch. Yeah. Well, if you have many of them together, would they be Oz Fox Eye? <laughs> <laughs> you could have like a little family uh, reunion of Oz Fox Eyes. Uh, <laughs> I'm just asking. I'm a curious that's a, guy. That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I got I got a name for you. Okay. Okay, guitar offender. Guy man dude. Guy man dude. Holy crap. I remember Do you the remember name. that guy? I don't remember him. I know the name though. Guy man dude was one of these like ultra shredder dudes. Right. That um I would say late 80s and his stuff was all instrumental. But it was all like, you know, I am going to play as fast as possible. Yeah, those guys were all over the place. You know, hold on. I think, let me pull up some Guy Man Dude here. 
This is his cover of Painted Black. <laughs> Go ahead. Listen to that shit. Yeah. It's awful. It's yeah. There were a lot of those guys though in the eighties. There, I mean, guys like Michelangelo. Uh, oh yes, remember that right. dude? Okay, that guy had that, that guitar with four necks on it. Right, right, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> and one, play- yeah. one of the most brilliant things I ever saw was was him playing that, and he would play with. But it was, I mean, it's it impressive. He could play, you know, just by hammering on with with you know both right and left hand up and down the necks, and then he would pause and spin the guitar so the other two necks would be up on top, and then he'd play those, and it sounded exactly the same. <laughs> but he would just do that. He would play for a few minutes and then spin the guitar and play the next two next. It was friggin' ridiculous. It's, it, it's like stunt guitar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was just stunt guitar. Just like like watching a guy spin plates. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, he was he was one of those guys for sure. Uh, who else was out there? Paul Gilbert was kind of like that. But you know what? Paul Gilbert was different. He was different. He was really good. He was musical. Exactly. His playing was was very musical. He he had a sense of melody Mm -hmm. and phrasing. Racer X was one of those bands we used to see around that was was such a good band, but it was just too much. It was like by the end of the show, you you just felt like just, you know, solo overload. But he was really good. He was good. I, I I have to admit, I was a Racer X fan. Well, of course you were. They were a good in band. The- <laughs> and, and now you're old enough to tell people that. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. I can, you know, I can, I can admit that. Sure. So. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, there was, who was the other guy? I can't remember. All right. Give guy. us one more. Give us one more guitarist who, who look, uh, we're looking for guitarists who had they broken their hands as children <laughs> had their hands been been turned into gnarled Wouldn't little lumps of flesh okay their okay. playing would not be any worse yes correct okay how about Brian Forsyth name that band Brian Forsyth and i i the only and i got a good story for this guy Brian, Brian Forsyth. Forsyth the name sounds familiar but uh how about kicks oh my god <laughs> okay now, Brian Forsyth in like 1992-93 left Kicks over creative differences <laughs> for about a month or maybe it was longer than that, a couple of months. And I, I, I'm not kidding you. I bought guitar strings from him at Guitar Center in Hollywood <laughs> during that break. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, uh, it was excellent. His little name tag said Brian Guitar Shredder. That was oh, what his name tag man. said, and I'm sure he thought it was really cool. And the guys who gave him the tag were probably just laughing behind his back the whole oh. time. But yeah, he was another one of those guys that was just uh, <laughs> just big hair and you know the acid wash jeans and the spandex crotch and the whole bit. And you know, like, oh. but yeah, so I bought <laughs> guitar strings from that guy. That's awesome. Was, I wanted. I almost wanted to go back like every day and just buy something else just for the fun of it. Oh man, you should have gotten him to sign it. I sh- oh, I should have. <laughs> I wonder if he would have really admitted it though. Well, the- you know what? You could probably go down there. You might still be working there. <laughs> he probably is. Well, he got back together with a band, and then they broke up like a month later. <laughs> so, I guess their creative differences were really 
pretty serious. Oh man! Well, you yeah, know, know the sad story of kicks. Yeah, the sad story of kicks. And, and the thing is, there's no behind the music about it. Well, yeah, so that, that's the were, behind the music. You just but you just that, did it. it. But they were around for a long time. Those guys, Kicks was actually around before uh, they were. They used to play at Gazzari's when Halen played there in like no 77, shit. 78. Yeah, they were they were around for a long time. And and Brian Forsyth, I think, was their original singer. That's probably why they got another singer. But uh, yeah, they were they were around. They played at Gazzari's with like Quiet Riot and uh, Halen and all those you know all those bands in the late seventies. And they they were just down here playing at uh, the the East Dunderloo Amphitheater. Oh, nice! They're they're doing one of those reunion tours. Wow. with, you know, Winger well, and fucking all East Dunderloo gets all the good fucking. Well, sure, sure. You know we you know West Dunderloo we get ignored. Our uh, fucking our fucking amphitheater. Who did we who did we have? We had that uh, we had a Jack Black uh, tribute artist. <laughs> It wasn't Jack even Tenacious D. Yeah, it wasn't even the Tenacious D <laughs> tribute band. It was a guy doing Jack Black. Wow. And he wasn't even fat. He was no. a he was a skinny guy. <laughs> he sounded like Jack Black, but uh, right, but he didn't look like him. No, you know, yeah. if you if you closed your eyes a little bit, it was kind of like that. But we're trying <laughs> to get to, you know at the West Andrew Civic Center though. I, I think that uh, next year, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell this story. So I bumped into the mayor and I'm like, Jim, hey, what's up? And he's like, who, who are you again? And so I followed him to his car and I'm like, hey, you know, we got this beautiful civic center. Let's bring some great bands here. And uh, he was like, well, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to get uh, we're trying to get the village people. <laughs> so, you know, next next summer. Right. Village people at, uh, you know, you know, I'm going in costume. You should. I am. You, you should. I'm going to wear all five costumes at once. <laughs> <laughs> I've already got the motorcycle helmet with the feathers on it, so you know that's half the battle. Well, you, you know what? You should go as Mister Tahini Weenie. I, well, that's yeah. Put on your old free, falafel I dog uniform. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, joining us next hour here in the KCOF studios, best-selling author Lindsay Walker Graham talks about her new book, "The Female Erection and What to Look Out For." You're listening to KCUF. It's the Flute and Humpy Show. 